are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a September 28th, Wednesday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com and the former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back. It is training camp opening week. We are less than a week now uh, from the first preseason game, FanFest, this weekend. Uh, at the Moda Center, which is always a, a great event, a lot of you know, there's always you know a pretty strong showing of fans that show out there. So um, that'll be fun. That's a, another sign that the season's really starting, and uh, another sign, of course, that the season is starting is that the players are back at the practice facility in Tualatin, and they are uh, getting back to it at practice. Uh, they are practicing, and uh, one of the note most noteworthy things the most noteworthy thing to come out of practice this on this Tuesday uh when I'm recording this and Wednesday when you're hearing this now uh, after the Blazers first practice uh is that Myers Leonard was participating in full contact drills uh, according to multiple reports from media who were there on the scene uh in Tualatin uh Casey Holdall one of them Jason Quick uh, of course uh, but yeah, Myers Leonard seems to be uh, doing uh, basketball related things. Uh, it still uh, seems, according to reports, uh, one from Casey Holdall from uh, Trailblazers.com saying that uh, Leonard is still not 100% cleared for practice and it doesn't seem like anyone's really saying anything. But, you know, that's kind of how the Blazers just treat injuries in general is they not they're not going to like put a return date on someone uh you know usually someone will just be back at practice and and then that's that's how it goes and um so you know seeing Myers Leonard after he said October 8th would be the day that he came back which is you know something that I wanted to expand on more because that was still a good sign for the Blazers that he was going to be playing 5 on 5 by October 8th and you know give himself some time to get in shape before the regular season and actually be of service you know when the season starts but now that he's you know already participating in contact drills, he ran, played three on three. Obviously, he didn't play five on five, according to you know from what I've read uh, and you know what I've heard as well. And and that's you know yeah he didn't he didn't practice, but uh, you know uh, at least he didn't do the five on five stuff. And uh, I think that will come. But the fact that he's doing that, I mean, should be no surprise. Uh, to anybody, you know, I guess, but it is, that's just how the Blazers handle their injuries. It's like they try and surprise, it try, they try and make it a surprise, I think. And it, it just seems that, um, suddenly some guy, you know, is close, but they won't say when he's going to be there. And so, um, yeah, Myers Leonard seems to be working his way back. And I think that's really important for the Blazers to have a bench, you know, to start the season because Myers Leonard will not start. You know, they're not going to go back to that too big lineup that they went with with Mason Plumley and Myers Leonard to start last season. And they're starting out for Aminu, and they're going to need guys that can score and stretch the floor on that second unit because I think one of the re- one of the obviously the shortcomings in Evan Turner's game over the course of his career is his outside shot. 
and CJ McCollum handles the ball really well, and Evan Turner does as well, but Myers Leonard can supplement that shooting, that lack of shooting that you may not be getting from Turner and make up for that at the center position or at power forward or wherever they play him, you know, most likely center because of the way that they're going towards small ball. And I think, you know, maybe he and Ed Davis will play together because that was a, a nice tandem for them last year. You know, the the fact that Ed Davis can really crash the boards and Myers Leonard can really stretch the floor. Um, I, I think that was a, a good dynamic that they had going and was really, you know, key to their their success in the second half of last season, not just that, you know, the whole team, you know, getting better defensively, but the bench was just really, you know, beating up on other bench units. And if they can get Myers Leonard healthy immediately, then that makes it a lot easier for them to, you know, keep pace with teams like Utah, who a lot of people think are going to be better than them, or, you know, at least be competing with them for a top four seed. And if they have Myers Leonard healthy, you know, that makes that start of the season a little bit easier. And I think also removes a little bit of uncertainty from the back end of the rotation, because I think while Stott's will juggle lineups a lot. I do think that he would like to have all possible options on the table and uh, having Myers Leonard back sooner than he even and let on uh, at media day is a great sign for the Blazers. And I, I, you know, I still believe that, you know, I think Mason Plumlee is a great player and uh, there's, you know, a big story, you know, within the Blazers training camp is that he's developing or trying to develop a mid range shot and he worked on it in the off season. Uh, But, you know, we'll see about that. Uh, But we know Myers Leonard can shoot the ball. Um, and neither one of them have shown that they can really defend at an elite NBA level. So it's not like either one is leading in that regard. Um, so I, I do think that Myers Leonard, though, at his size, you know, 7'1", 245, still has the physical potential to, you know, maybe be a really excellent defender one day. Um, but, you know, that remains to be seen. But I, I do think he has a chance to be that. And um, the fact that he's going to be healthy sooner rather than later also gives him a chance to, you know, really, you know, show the coaches, you know, how he measures up against Plumlee, although I don't think Plumlee's starting job is on the line. Um, But, uh, and I don't think that that position is going to be changing very much um, in in the preseason even. Um, But, you know, it's Terry Stott, so you never know. Uh, He did, you know, say today to reporters that he – is going to toy with the starting lineups because, of course, it's something that I said on the last episode of the podcast um, because, you know, he doesn't want anybody to catch on to a trend. He doesn't want to do something, you know, so-and-so times in a row and answer questions about it. And um, I think talking about the starting lineup is Terry Stotts' least favorite thing. So I don't think we're going to have an answer uh, about that until, uh, you know, the first game of the season uh, at the end of October. So, um uh, I, I, I'm interested to see how the lineups play together, though. I think that's going to be uh, a, a telling thing to maybe see how uh, certain lineups perform, how certain combos perform. I think maybe, you know, that was maybe where they saw a little something in Ed Davis and Myers Leonard together, uh, you know, before Leonard got injured. And yeah, it, the preseason is going to be a fun time to experiment. And now that they have Myers Leonard there, they really can – 
you know, maximize the preseason and the, you know, the kind of science laboratory that it is, you know, to the best of their abilities. Obviously, they're missing some guys that could, well, they're missing one guy who could definitely use the work in preseason, and that's Noah Vonley, uh, who, again, is injured uh, during training camp uh, for, you know, the second time in his career. Uh, there's no timetables on his return, uh, and that was one of the things that came out of media day yesterday that we didn't really touch on. Vestas Azili, also uh, an uncertain timetable, but I don't necessarily think that, you know, they they don't necessarily need him right away. Uh, I, I think that they can get away with winning games, you know, without his help in the regular season. I think he will be a nice game changer in the playoffs. And I think Myers Leonard, Mason Plumley, and Ed Davis all can really handle the responsibilities. And I think, too, you know, we got to give all these guys a little bit of credit because they're all really young still I mean Plumley and Davis maybe not so much as Leonard but still they are still you know in their you know early to late 20s you know early, you know the early part of your late 20s you know they're like Davis is 27 uh and and Plumley's 26 you know this is uh a, a really young group still I think that's something that is hard to hard for people to remember at times and I you know I, I think this team's going to do fine in the regular season I think where Azili is going to help and uh I, I always you know credit uh the conversation that we had with Kevin Calabro on Locked On Blazers where you know he said that he's looking at Azili as a guy that's the back end of the road you know a, a back end of the season type guy playoff series type guy I've kind of used the PJ Brown metaphor for him uh, PJ Brown when he was on the Boston Celtics when they won the title with uh, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen also shout out to Kevin Garnett who retired this week I don't think we mentioned that uh, obviously played the Blazers a lot uh, especially when he was in the Western Conference with the Timberwolves uh, great player uh, but uh, yeah shout out to KG uh, great career uh, but the Blazers usually would – well, I don't know actually because I think the record with KG was pretty good. The record recently since KG left against the Blazers has been awful, but uh, that was quite a long time ago. But um, back to the Blazers, uh, Myers Leonard being healthy is great. I think their big man situation is okay for now, especially now that Leonard is there, that they have another body. You know, they brought in Greg Steamsma. They brought in the steamer for, for training camp, and uh, that was just so that they had another guy that, you know, guys could work on because he's seven feet tall and can block shots. And, you know, I mean, I don't think Steam's been sticking around. I think he's just there, you know, to kind of help the team through camp. And, uh, you know, they really, I think, can get through, you know, any of these inju- these injuries to Azili and Vonley because, yeah, I don't necessarily I didn't necessarily think that those two guys were going to end up playing a whole lot, uh, you know, barring some kind of injury. So, you know, I I I think the the Blazers are in a good spot right now. Uh, you know, heading into training camp, uh, I, I I am or being in training camp, excuse me, and I I'm really intrigued. 
about how Terry Stotts is going to use this roster. It's obviously one of the most interesting things about following this team is, you know, the little tinkering here and there to the rotation that Stotts sometimes does or situationally that he does, you know, not just, you know, your traditional, you know, second quarter rotation or, or sometimes he'll play a guy that hasn't played at all, you know, late in the second half or what have you. Stotts is a master tinkerer and it's always really fun to watch him, you know, do that. And I think, uh, it's going to be another interesting season because he's going to have a whole new group of guys that he has to, you know, because even though it's mostly the same group, you know, no group is the same. And so he's going to have to understand, you know, he's going to have to continue to, you know, evolve his understandings of these players as they evolve. And it's going to be a really interesting thing to watch uh, for the Blazers. Uh, Another interesting thing that happened today that came out of Blazers practice was, Paul Allen talking to uh, reporters. Uh, he talked about you know how the luxury tax is painful. Uh, he was asked about advertising patches on the jerseys, and he was also asked about potential lockout stuff. Um, he said he was confident about um, you know the situation. I think was he was pretty positive. I think, but uh, he can't say anything according to uh, his comments. You know, but he didn't. You know. I think that's kind of the general tone of how the talks about the potential work stoppage at the end of this season have gone uh, with regards to the union, the play, NBA players using union and the NBA is most of it is all about, you know, how good the league is doing and how, you know, everyone's optimistic that a deal will get done. Uh, so it just seems like Paul Allen is kind of echoing that sentiment, which is kind of which has been transmitted through, you know, various uh, reporters. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and. Yeah, I mean, the the Blazers are paying a lot of money, and I think one important thing to remember is, you know, the Blazers may have to pay the, the standard one year luxury tax in two seasons. However, you know, they do have a possibility where they, you know, get to a point where if they have to, they can unload some guys at the deadline in at at the trade deadline three seasons from now. So they're going to get away with no luxury tax this season. The next season, they will definitely have to pay it. And then the season after that, they are going to have to be they're going to be eligible for the repeater tax. But if they clear their cap sheet before the trade deadline, then they avoid the tax, which is what the Miami Heat did. And you may remember that because the Miami Heat last year traded Brian Roberts to the Blazers for a uh, to you know into their cap space, and they avoided the repeater luxury tax. So the Blazers may find themselves in a similar position. And you know what? If they get the same result that the Miami Heat got for getting into the luxury tax, then it's all worth it. Obviously, that's not likely, but. When you're in the position that Portland is in, I think that, you know, you sometimes you got to pay the cost when you have a team that is, you know, at least, you know, an above average team, which I think this Blazers team is, you know, they are, you know, most lists right now or rankings have them as a top 10 team in the league. So, you know, while, you know, there there are obviously mega teams in the league right now, but you got to be able to pay to be good and you got to pay to be able to give yourselves a shot to, you know, maybe take advantage of someone's misfortune, whether it's a, you know, a trade that happens, 
where you have a bunch of guys to match salary for a big salary player or, you know, your team is good enough to rack up enough wins and, you know, a a good team ahead of you. Like we saw last year, maybe there's an injury or maybe something happens with one of the players or there's a decline sooner than you think. And it kind of comes out of nowhere, which happens all the time in sports, not just the NBA. So I think the Blazers are, you know, going to pay that because, they went so long without winning. Paul Allen went so long without winning uh, a playoff series that I think that now, you know, he sees this team on their first real real go-round win a series, no matter the luck that they had to win that first series and the way that they played against the Warriors, I think, you know, is as good a time as any right now because what really are they waiting for? And so I, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it was interesting comments, obviously, uh, paying a tax like that is going to hurt, but, um, I, I think too, you know, it, it does hurt and he's obviously doesn't want to pay it. So, you know, if there, if he has to not, if he, if, if there comes a time where he just can't, you know, there's a way out of it. I think and there's, you know, a way for Portland to, you know, trade off some pieces that may be desirable to other teams if they're no longer desirable, uh, to the Blazers themselves. Uh, yeah. Training camp continues, uh, can't wait to see the, uh, the first preseason game to see what Mason Plumlee's, uh, you know, mid-range jumper looks like. I know he's got that floater uh, that I compared to Henry Rowan Gardner from the rookie, the movie Rookie of the Year, when he loses his power and has to flick the ball, uh, like a you know, it's a floater pitch. And he flicks it with his hand, and it, uh, Plumlee's floater looks almost exactly like that. And uh, I, I'm really interested to see what a jumper looks like from him. Uh, I know uh, he worked on his free throws last year um, because he was consistently fouled uh, a lot during the season, but he did get a little bit better at those as the season went on. And uh, you know, he th- that's going to be an interesting development. When Myers Leonard comes back, does he? Uh, how does he play? How does he perform? Uh, and also, you know, how, who's going to get that starting spot, and who's going to get that fifty at, at the three, and then who's going to get the fifteenth man spot? I think uh, is another really interesting dynamic because you know last year Luis Montero was kind of a you know a, you know an amazing story. You know he was playing junior college basketball in upstate New York. Uh, he was going to transfer to uh, South Florida. There was a transcript scandal at his uh, junior college. He had to go to uh, – you know, he wasn't playing basketball for a year and then plays in the NBA last year. And the Blazers love his package. They love his length. They love the fact that he can play shooting guard, but he's 6'7". They, you know, he he has a good looking shot, although he didn't make the most of his opportunity in Vegas, which I think is why you know they've definitely left the door open for there to be a battle for the fifteenth man spot. And uh, I, I think Tim Quarterman's going to get a shot. I could just because you know, looking at his profile, six six guard, I feel like it's kind of like a similar type of uh, function in the player. And so it'll be interesting to see you know, who outlasts who. So uh, the 15th spot, though, on the Blazers is definitely going to be open. That's according to, you know, multiple reports uh, down there from training camp over in Tualatin. So um, lots to watch. Uh, We will 
keep you abreast of any developments here on Locked On Blazers with regards to the Blazers during training camp. Uh, we're going to hopefully have some interviews uh, talking about uh, things that are going down in training camp. You know, also kind of season previewy stuff, kind of like the stuff we did a couple of weeks ago with the guys from uh, the other Locked On podcasts. We're going to have guests that, that maybe necessarily aren't Locked On podcasts, but we will have guests. Uh, and so we're going to you know try and keep the basketball conversation fresh for you uh, as we approach the start of the preseason, which is October 1st, I believe. So that's, you know, this week. Uh, and the Blazers are going to get things going with training camp, or not with training camp, excuse me, with Fan Fest on Sunday. And then they will play the Utah Jazz on Monday. So uh, we're getting close to some real basketball here, or at least almost real basketball. So uh, stay tuned, stay subscribed, follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Gunderson. Follow the podcast at Locked On Blazers. Send us an email at LockedOnBlazers at gmail.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn FM, Google Play, anywhere you can get a podcast. Subscribe to us, Audio Boom, the Audio Boom app. So, uh, yeah, stay locked in, and we will be back with another episode of Locked On Blazers TV tomorrow. With the holidays around the corner, now's your chance to save time and money at Safeway Stock Up Sale. Plus, earn four times gas reward points on participating items. Look for tags on items like Honey Nut Cheerios. Select varieties are four for $8 with your club card. And select varieties of Betty Crocker Cake Mix, Brownie Mix, or Frosting are 10 for $10 with your club card. Maximum gas reward at participating Sunoco stations is $0.20 cents per gallon and $1 per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill of up to 25 gallons. Other restrictions, limitations, and exclusions apply. For complete details, go to Safeway.com.